0: everybody and thank you for taking the time to check out our little program here well this was an interesting one uh ronan Hirschberg is here he is a hilarious comedian i've been trying to get this interview going for quite a while it's finally set up and it happens and then we had a couple interruptions and i think i just got a little bit rattled in this interview uh norm mcdonald dies midway through the interview uh live get uh, he he gets a text and tells me that so if I'm a little off my game in this one, that's probably why. I didn't know should we continue with the interview? Do we just talk about Norm the whole time? I think I tried to move on. I don't I don't know what the right thing to do is, and I think that's the thing with death is like you never really know at least for me. I don't I never know as many times as I've had someone I know pass away, whether it be a big celebrity or that I was or somebody that you know family or friend or whatever. You never know the right reaction to have or what you're supposed to do and I think I'm always just confused and it takes me more time to process what's happening. So still processing the thing with Norm because he was one of my favorite comedians and I'd really hope to get him on my podcast one day. You know, maybe it would take five or 10 years or something, but I would have loved to have him on there. I think he's not only a hilarious comedian, but he's got to be the number one best talk show guest of all time. I think if you look at interviews with he's done on Conan O'Brien or Howard Stern or most of those talk shows, I mean, there's nobody better. So... Really terrible news to hear that, and uh, I tried to continue on with the interview, and uh, it's uh, mixed results, I guess. So either way, check out Ronan's uh, comedy, his stand-up is hilarious, and uh, this interview is interesting, so take a, take a peek. Please welcome Ronan Hershberg to the Chuck Shoe Podcast. It's so great to finally get you here. You are tougher to get than David Duchovny, so that, <laughs> that's amazing. Well, yeah, I was
1: tougher than I am. Like, uh, my 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 hard to getness was uh, way beyond
0: my uh, level of success. Uh. <laughs> well, so the last time that we had, can i can I explain to the audience what happened last time? Or sure, sure. No, I just thought it was funny. So because <laughs> I messaged you, I was like, "Hey, are we still on for today?" You're like, "Oh shit, I forgot. I'm shrooming." And so, <laughs> so I posted that on Twitter, and it got it got a pretty good uh, response. People thought it was pretty funny. So.
1: Did you see? Did you say me?
0: Yeah. No, I didn't say your name. I didn't say your name. I said my 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 latest podcast guest uh, canceled because he she forgot and he's shrooming. And <laughs> everyone thought it was hilarious. Well,
1: I, uh, you know, it, it's kind of weird because that's not like my personality. I'm not like a big. I used to do a lot of drugs, but th- then I like quit. And um, I uh, I was actually microdosing. Right. Okay. That's like a that's like a
0: good way to deal with anxiety and stuff. I hear
1: yeah so i was trying to do that and i just completely forgot about your podcast and then i i made it look like i was shrooming a bigger amount
0: (laughs) as a lie okay
1: as like an excuse i was lying to you
0: (laughs) oh okay so you just (laughs) didn't want to do it or
1: well no i just forgot okay and then i was microdosing yeah and i was like i wasn't technically lying i was shrooming yeah yeah but i thought if i was saying shrooming
0: it it made you look cooler
1: Well, I, I looked like I was in a whole different realm or something, you know.
0: So yeah, well, so what? When you microdose, do you hallucinate at all, or is it? I just... wasn't
1: like around. I couldn't have done the podcast. <laughs> oh, I I really okay. did forget. I mean, either way, it's a bullshit excuse because I just like that the fact that I'm you can't be like, oh, let's go do something. let's go do this today, and then you call me like, oh, sorry, I'm on heroin. Like that's not <laughs> like an excuse. <laughs> you know, I was just trying to have an excuse because yeah. I totally forgot. But I was on shrooms, but it was a very small amount.
0: Yeah. So, what is that like, though? Being on the microdose? Does it?
1: I mean, I was like, I'm, I was having a lot of anxiety at the time, and it, it felt like it made me calmer. Hmm. Um, though I did it yesterday, and it, I didn't like it how it felt. So I don't know. Hmm. I don't. know. It's like a, it's a weird thing. It may just all be placebo. Who knows?
0: No, because I thought they did research with like PTSD people, and and the, uh, yes. yeah. Well, maybe it does, but I, you know, I, I think it's not like a.
1: A one one time thing. It's like you almost have to use it as like like antidepressants.
0: Yeah, of. like every day or something.
1: Yeah. So I've I've done it twice. I liked the first time. The other time, I don't know. I, maybe my depression yesterday was too much. Like it uh, to like deal with a micro-dose, You know. Okay. I
0: need,
1: I need a bigger dose. It's there like you Jaws. Are. You know. You like you need a bigger boat. It's like you need a bigger antidepressant.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So that's one of your favorite movies. You're big on movies.
1: Yes. Oh, do you watch my podcast? Oh, I've listened
0: to yeah, I've listened to a few of them. Uh, I listened to a few interviews and stuff. And then I was like, yeah, so definitely we got to talk movies at some point. Um, but where do, you,
1: where do you live? Where are you?
0: Phoenix, Scottsdale
1: area. Oh, nice. That's where my brother lives.
0: Oh, really? Yeah. Because you're from Kentucky originally.
1: Yeah. But my brother lives in Phoenix. Do you know um, what's his name? Fuck. Jeff Picaretti. Comic- no. Arizona. No. Okay. His, his 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 brother works worked with my brother, and he's just a comic I knew there. Do you know uh, ch- uh, Charles Engel? No. Oh God, do you know anyone?
0: No, no. I. Sydney <laughs> Smith. He's a he's a local comedian. He was on, he did my show.
1: Okay, yeah. I guess I don't know many Arizona comics. Charles you, Engel is a comic from. Uh, he lives in New York, but he was down in Arizona for a while.
0: Okay. Do you come to do
1: shows here? Yeah, I mean, I've uh, I've been there. A co- yeah, I've done shows there. Yeah, um, I've been I've. Been with Kathleen Madigan there a couple of times at the casino. Um mm. the talking stick or
0: yeah, casino. that's right. Talking yeah. stick yeah Been there a couple times. Yeah, we got a um, few comedy clubs. Comedy spot, the Tempe Improv. Yeah. Stand Up Live is a big one. Yeah, I've done I've done like some stuff at Stand Up Live and stuff too. But yeah, I like I
1: like Arizona. Uh actually no, I don't. I hate Phoenix. I don't know what I'm saying. You do? Phoenix. Why? I like Tucson. Really? Interesting. Tucson's a cool town. Yeah, Phoenix is like all the, yeah, I mean, I guess it's going to be offensive because you live there. <laughs> but uh, here we go. It's okay. all the, uh, like, the, the soulless, just like an endless shopping mall after shopping mall. So it's like all the worst parts of capitalism, no real, like, culture because basically no one moved out there till the 50s, till air conditioned. So no real history. Just yeah, there's no history. All the soullessness of capitalism with the harshness of uh, mixed with a harsh climate. So it's like, you you know, you can't even have like it's like the worst of both worlds, like awful. The worst nature and the worst type of soulless capitalism mixed in one place. I just think if there's any place where you have to watch out for
0: rattlesnakes on like a walk, you shouldn't be living there. I haven't seen too, well. I have seen a couple of rattlesnakes. I I've only like seen like, many, a, like yeah. one scorpion. But no, see, so I'm but from. I, I get you're not going to agree with me. You live there, so it's well, like, yes, you know, well. It's
1: the wrong crowd for this.
0: No, <laughs> no I like hearing I your opinions. All your listeners. No, 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 no. I have opinion. I have uh, listeners from all over the world. I even oh, I, wow. I'm big in Finland. Apparently, I made the charts on the podcast there. So really, yeah, it's like very Is this random.
1: A podcast? No, Should I have not flaked on it. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah, because in five
0: years it will be big. No, but so originally I'm from Seattle, right? So oh, okay. I just got, I, I lived there for 30 years. That's why I'm a Seahawks fan and stuff. And I just got so sick of the rain and the the gray skies. And I'd come down here. We come here for, for Thanksgiving and stuff. And I was like, oh my God, it's like sunny every day. And so, no, it is very pretty.
1: I, I, I've, I've also been in the summer too many times there. Yeah, no, I mean, so like the summer is the only bad part.
0: really. Yeah. So like in Seattle, it's nine months of bad weather, three months of good weather here. It's nine months of good weather, three months of hot weather. But see, even when it's hot, I can look outside my window and it's a blue sky. And like, that always makes me feel good. True. I guess I'm not as big of a desert person. I like yeah. the
1: trees and lush like, you know, landscapes.
0: Well, yeah. But I did, you know, when the
1: pandemic hit, I went to Phoenix for 3 months. I stayed with my brother's family. Oh, did you? Months. Okay. So I was I was yeah. there for a long time.
0: No, that's interesting. Um, so, yeah, cuz my girlfriend, she's from this area. So she'd come back to visit in Washington and she'd see all the trees and the big green trees and she'd be amazed by that and now I appreciate it a lot more. Anyways, um city. So we're talking about, well, let's talk about uh where you're from, Louisville. Um tell me about uh-huh. Tell me about this. Is this a true story where you got kicked out of the Louisville slugger museum because you changed the outfits on the mannequins?
1: Yeah, that is true. Wow. You, you did, did some deep research.
0: Well, you, you talked about it on the James Corbin Corbin show or whatever.
1: Oh, you mean on that thing afterwards? Like yeah. Yeah. The yeah. Thing afterwards. Oh, I totally forgot about
0: that. Yeah. I was like, yeah. I couldn't tell if you were joking or if that was a real story.
1: No, that was real. Yeah. I got, I I was like, I was temporarily, well, I guess I was banned from there. It was that. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I Think I broke off like Babe Ruth's fingers or something. I don't know. Um, oh my god, yeah, I got banned from there. Yeah, which
0: how happened, old were you when this happened?
1: I was, it was, thir- I was bar mitzvah. It was so your 30. bar mitzvah. Okay, yeah, no, wow. it's not my bar mitzvah, oh. someone else's bar mitzvah. So, like
0: 13 though.
1: yeah, but so uh, I was banned, but well, you know, which is fine. I mean, you, you don't need it. I mean, it's a cool place, but you know, it's one of those museums where you just go once you get it, you
0: know, right? Yeah, yeah, so yeah, it's just. Yeah. Did you like Louisville? Like you say, it's like horse races. What is it? Horse races, bourbon, Muhammad Ali, and baseball bats. Well, that's,
1: I mean, that's a big part of it. I did like Louisville. It was very hard for me to leave. I, I did comedy there for eight years. I couldn't, I mean, I was on the road, but I, I, I really enjoyed the town. I think it's like a very pretty town and chill. It kind of has this nice, com- I mean, it's where my childhood was. So mm-hmm. I guess I'm biased, but it has it had this like nice combination of it being like an actual city. But having like kind of some southern hospitality, it's like it had the southern hospitality without as much of the racism, you know, so it's a nice little uh, combination. You know? So it
0: doesn't have the racism. then.
1: I mean, every place is racist, but I guess it wasn't. It's It was a fairly liberal town.
0: OK. You
1: know? Yeah. Because the most part, not like I mean,
0: every place is divided. To some yeah. Way, but,
1: you know, we always had like a Democratic mayor and,
0: you know. So it's more, if, yeah, because it's interesting. I visited the South, and I was like, I was expecting to be so racist, and I didn't really see it, but then I t- we talked to this waitress, and she was saying that it is really racist, and you, people just don't see it. It's more like covert.
1: Yeah, I mean, I assume that's what it is, and I'm sure it's covert. I mean, it's covert everywhere, you know? Um, I mean, there's a lot of racism in the North, too. You know, I don't know. It just, um, Louisville just had some, you know, it just wasn't like a, you know,
0: backwards place you know mm-hmm.
1: i want see- to abo- you can still get an abortion there i think there's one <laughs> there's one clinic you know
0: yeah so that's where all the people from texas will be flying to or, or no they'll, yeah. they'll probably just well, that's, they'll that's just go across the- one
1: to uh that's yeah. a far one that's a far point, one there, but yeah uh so but yeah, somewhere hopefully you know i don't yeah i don't know what the closest uh i wonder if the people have abortion clinics in like uh georgia they must be like hell yeah we're gonna get a lot of <laughs>
0: Right, it's just changing the uh it's going to make it more annoying for people. But so if I go to Louisville, what what should I cuz I want to go there eventually. What, what should is there things that I should do besides the the baseball bat museum or whatever?
1: Well, you got the Muhammad Ali Museum. Um and the, yeah, you have Bardstown Road, a cool nice road with a bunch of shops. That's real cool and like um I, I spent a lot of time on Bardstown Road. Um we got a lot of nice parks, you know. Um you know, they have a cool club, like independent venue called planet of the tapes. That's a really cool comedy club venue. Hmm. And then they also have uh, the Bardstown theater, which is like the place that kind of started. that was pretty cool. You know?
0: Yeah. So, well, I thought you started in a, uh, a uh, Boston. Boston open mic at the Boston comedy club. Is that your first time doing stand
1: up? Yes. Yeah, so I lived in New York originally. I mean, I, I went to college in SUNY purchase upstate New York kind of. And I, um, I, uh, I did my first open mic. I went to New York. This is before I started comedy in Louisville. And I went, I started, I did an open mic at the Boston Comedy Club, which was in New York City. Uh, I know it's confusing, but that, that was
0: in New York City. Oh, okay. Boston. Yeah, that mm-hmm. is confusing. Yeah.
1: It was, conf- yeah. And it's, uh, I did like an open mic there, I think, twice. And then I didn't do comedy for years. And then I like moved back to Louisville and started comedy there.
0: Oh, that's yeah. Cause that would have been cool to do it in New York to start with right back at the, if you, had yeah, st- if I would have kept on going, I would yeah. have been like in fucking like who knows generation.
1: Like, <laughs> like it would have been, I was like a long time. So
0: before. why did you stop for, because did you bomb or something or what happened? I, I mean, I don't know if I did
1: great, but it wasn't as much that as, um, I was like really into screenwriting and that was my main focus. Mm. And I, I I think I was, that was the thing I was really into. And I wrote for years with my buddy. We wrote screenplays in New York and that was our like focus. And then I got like into drugs and got broke and (laughs) ended up having to go back to, you know what it was? I had too much promise comedy. You could get into comedy. Why it's basically comedy is the one art form that you get into by it being your rock bottom. You know what I mean? It's like, really? Well, I got no other- yeah. I think it's like, a, I got no other options. I'll try this shit. You know, it's like a, it, it, most people who start comedy Start it when they're at a bad place in their lives.
0: <laughs> yeah. I what think. is, there must be some sort of connection with that or something like a lot of, like my dad used to say that, like with John Candy and stuff, these fat guys, they're, they're, la- they're funny and they're laughing, but they're crying on the inside. Is, is that like a true with a lot of comedians? I mean, I interview a lot of comedians. It seems like they are a lot of very dark people. A lot of times.
1: Well, everyone's crying on the inside. But I would say that uh that there is some well, are you a comedian?
0: No. I mean I've done stand up, but I, 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 I realized oh, okay. quickly that I was like, I'm not I'm out of my league here with like people like you. Like you guys are just so freaking good. I'm like, I can never compete with that. So
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. I guess I thought oh yeah, that's why well, I, that's why you didn't know those comics I brought up. I was like, oh yeah. I thought you were a comic like comic in that scene. Um but uh yeah, I mean I don't know if it's like I I mean there's there is a stand up's a weird thing you're you're going on stage alone to say things to make a whole audience like have the same response you're essentially like there's something a little like um there's some trauma there that you're trying to fill you know what I mean mm-hmm. cuz you're like essentially uh you know I think most well adjusted people tend to like I mean maybe it's just showbiz in general. Showbiz in general you're trying to achieve an intimacy with a large group of people as opposed to a couple individuals. Mm-hmm. So it's like your need for intimacy has been twisted it, outwards and it's suddenly going to all of society as opposed to selective. So it's a there's a there's a lack of intimacy involved in that because if you're being intimate to everyone you're not being huh really intimate to an individual, you know what I mean? So there's this kind of, um, um, fucked up um, kind of like emotional thing that's happens there where you're like, you're, you're being intimate to everyone, you know? So it's like, I think that comes from a weird, a, a deep, deep, unhealthy desire for attention
0: mm. needing to be loved or, or to be accepted yeah, by people you- though, too.
1: Yeah, you're filling some hole. Which oh, we're all filling holes, but uh, you're going about it in a uh, in a way that's never gonna fully be satisfying, you know.
0: But it is fun. I will say the few times that I did do stand up, and I, most of the time I bombed, But like the few times I did well, I was like, dude, that it is a great feeling to be up on stage and make a whole crowd laugh. I mean, it's like yeah. a drug. It is a drug.
1: It's a drug for sure. And the hard part is the longer you do it. It's like a drug that no longer gets you high, but then sometimes it does get you high again. But mm. like the hard part, it's easy to do comedy in the beginning because it's very fun in the beginning. Mm. You know, it's actually harder as it goes on. And then you're like,
0: really? Well, doesn't it get easier? Because you get, you get more fans, you get bigger, you get bigger breaks and more connections. You get better. You get better yeah. Easier.
1: But I guess it gets. Uh, yeah. Let me rephrase. It's not. It doesn't It doesn't get harder. It gets it doesn't get harder. It's the worst one. It starts. It gets harder to um, get excited about it. Always. Mm. That's something that's very easy in the beginning. Cause you're super nervous all the time, you know? So the the challenge later on is to like figure out a way to really get into the jokes and really like, you know,
0: like get into the emotions of the jokes and not go on autopilot. You know? Okay. Yeah. Cause I think you said when you started, you kind of emulated Doug Stanhope but now your, mm. your style is like, it's more like you're loud and you're yelling, but like when I'm talking to you now in interviews and stuff, you're more just like chill. So how did you develop this? Like kind of like yelling persona? Um, I think, uh, um,
1: I mean, I'm naturally pretty loud. I guess I'm just kind of like a little calm right now, but, mm. uh, <laughs> I'm naturally pretty loud. I mean, be aware if you were about like yelling right now, but yeah, <laughs> yeah I don't. I don't know maybe you know I started a lot of bar shows and I, I was I, I I think I think this fear of people not paying attention to me made me louder hmm. you know and then I would just like kind of be louder and I don't know I did a lot of bar shows where people were talking so I'd have oh. to be loud to, I think my loudness is probably can I mean I think I'm a little deaf honestly that's one but I think my loudness is connected to like a desire to like bigger desire to have people pay attention to me
0: <laughs> you're really like introspective i've noticed with a lot a lot of these uh with this stuff you're really like think you really think about it it's not you're not just giving like the canned answers like you really like analyze a lot of this stuff yeah
1: i mean i, I think about it a lot yeah i uh yeah no i i try to like you know I, I i try to think about it um and try to think about you know why we do what we do and all that sort of stuff so know.
0: um yeah. So what happened with the writing then? Because I know that you were, you like even won like a young artist or young author award when you were a kid and like, you know, you started like reading all these plays and writing plays and stuff. And so then you said, do you write in screenplays. So what happened with that? Why? Cause I know you're really into movies. So, or are you still doing that?
1: I'm still doing that. I, I wrote a bunch of screenplays, um, with my buddy from college and, uh, and then we wrote like, I don't know, like eight screenplays. And then we kind of like, we just kept writing stuff. And then we kind of, he kind of went off into becoming a playwright. Um. and i went more into comedy and he's he's done very well for himself um and i've done okay and now in the last couple years we've written some more screenplays that were in a place that it's at least getting you know getting read by people we can finally get it into the right hand so we're just trying to uh sell some stuff you know so
0: you're still trying to sell the ones that you've already written
1: no the ones we wrote a long time ago we've I mean, I like them, but it's just, it's been so long and we've gotten better. You kind of have to write. This is, I mean, we're at our like, I think we're at our like 10th screenplay at this point, you know? And, uh, but we're trying to sell the last two we
0: wrote. Can you tell me about them or is it top secret?
1: Um, I mean, the one is about, um, one, well, I mean, I'll just say one's like a comedy that involves, um, I don't know i guess i can't i don't know if i want to fully get into the plot but one of the comedy that uh satire about amazon
0: oh that sounds interesting
1: uh, yeah and then uh the other is um, a murder mystery kind of set in a nursing home um huh. so
0: just two different genres but, oh that uh, sounds really interesting
1: yeah and uh yeah we're just trying to get you know we're just trying to get them to the right hands but yeah i'm still i still really like screenplay writing i like oh you know but uh so I tried to do both. you know.
0: Yeah. Cause I feel like the problem with a lot of movies today is that I, I don't think the people that write the movies are fans of movies. Like you're a movie fan. So you get it. You, you know, the difference between a good movie and a bad movie. I feel like a lot of the movies I see, I'm like, I don't know why somebody would write this screenplay and how this got the green light.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's just, it's just money,
0: you know, it's just so much of,
1: you know, there's artistic stuff in movies, but so much of it is if you make this type of movie, you know, this amount of people will see it. And, it's more of a just kind of like mechanical fucking soulless way of making money, you know, it has nothing to do
0: with the art, you know? Yeah. But like, yeah. Okay. I guess, yeah, that makes sense. And that's why they would green light it. Cause they know it can make money, but yeah, I don't know. Yeah.
1: Make this genre, you know, this amount of people will come, if we don't have to spend that much money, we can get this amount of people to come. It's almost like a stock. It's like a, you know, a conservative stock in a way, you know?
0: Yeah. Do you think it's gotten too much with the reboots and the sequels and the superhero movies? Like, I mean, I feel like if I was a kid, I would love it. But I feel like now that I'm an adult, I feel like there's too many superhero movies.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's 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 for sure oversaturated the market. But it's also like the, the film world is changing so much that like at this point. The only thing it seems like really what's cost effective in theaters is mainly just these giant action movies, you know, and then everything else is just more cost effective for it to be streaming. So now we're at a place where, like, when you go to the theaters, I mean, for the most part, you're essentially it's not even really artistic movies. You're just seeing like fucking roller coaster rides, you know, The, the you know, you ever go to like an amusement park, like Universal Studios? Mm hmm. And before you go on the Back to the Future ride, there's a little movie that like kind of gets you into the narrative, and they get like the actors from the actual movie. Yeah. And it's just a little thing. That's what most of movie theaters are now. They're glorified amusement park like intro rides. You know, what I mean? <laughs> it's you know, it's fucking you know, it's it's. I mean, it's good actors and there's some sense of narrative, but it is essentially that. And it's not like to me, if you're making a franchise, there's a lack of artistry involved because to really look at a work as a piece of art you have to look at it as a beginning and a middle and end. And when you're making a movie where so much of the intention is to get people to watch the next thing, Mm -hmm. it's no longer a movie. It's a commercial. It's an advertisement for the next thing. Mm -hmm. So it's like so many of these Marvel movies are just advertising for the next Marvel movie. That inherently makes it not very artistic.
0: Yeah, so you're not a big fan of those. And you it's funny because you hate a lot of the like really popular movies like Goodwill Hunting and Force Gump. And you hate 80s comedies, Blues Brothers? Well, I mean, I'm just not. I, I never watch them as kids, the 80s
1: comedies. So it's like I'm watching them now. For, so it's a little unfair of me because I'm looking at it from a perspective. But I guess I don't hate all 80s comedies, but I think a lot of them are like, look, most comedies don't hold up. In general, but a lot of 80s comedies are these kind of the genre I'm not really crazy about, which is the adventure comedy, which is typically neither that adventurous or that funny. It kind of fails at both genres, you know. Um, but, you know, I'm sure at the time they were great. I just, you know, I just didn't watch a lot of them.
0: It's like I think maybe it's a nostalgia thing, because like you said, like when I was yeah. a kid and I see like Goonies, I'm like, oh, this movie's so great. But like, yeah, if I'm an adult and I watch Goonies now, it's probably a little weird. If or I hadn't still seen
1: like it. it, cause you're still in this nostalgic place. Right. You know? there's, yeah. There's so much bias, you know, all movie opinions are like such a, such a bias. Um, you know, no matter you know, all movie opinions are based on our own personal bias.
0: Yeah. Wait, so tell, tell my audience the story of, I love like your take on Goodwill Hunting though. That one, especially it made me laugh. I love that movie, but your take on it is really funny.
1: Well, what was my
0: text? Well, you just said how, because Matt Damon, he like wrote himself into the movie. Like he wrote this movie about a blue collar, tough guy. Who's also a genius and gets the girl and like how that was kind of a douchey move. I thought that was kind of funny. Yeah. It's like, it's
1: essentially a movie he made about him making it. It's the whole movie is about him and Ben Affleck making it. I mean, essentially Matt Damon's like, I'm going to go and succeed if I just believe in myself. So you're, he made a movie where you're rooting for the person in the movie to make it essentially in the movies, you know, even though it's not about the movies, it's basically the metaphor of goodwill hunting is just, I want you to root for me being successful. You know, it's just pure narcissism.
0: <laughs> yeah. I thought that was like, you narcissism. said like if that was your friend that wrote that movie, you'd think your friend is a douche.
1: Yeah. Cause you'd be like, uh, yeah. You're just going to like, have yourself be so smart and get the girl and like, everyone's like rooting for you and it's just like gross. Yeah. That's kind be- of you know what it is. Goodwill hunting is like those Facebook posts where you're like, I'm so excited to make this accomplishment. Like you're just bragging.
0: And then everyone on the post is like going good for you, you know? Right. Right.
1: It's just like obnoxious. Yeah.
0: Yeah. But don't, don't we need some of that? And we need some pot. I feel like there's so much negativity on, on social media too. I feel like I'd rather see those than the ones who are like, Everyone's always angry about something. I mean, they feel like those just go back and forth forever, and there's like never a solution.
1: I don't want to see either. I just want to see jokes. <laughs> you want to see what? Media. Just jokes on social media. I
0: love. Yeah, I love comment. That's why uh, how I, I found hate, you. I hate bragging, and I hate
1: like helpless negativity. I like how that. Many people yeah, on Twitter. Are helpless like, negativity. Like, That's a good way to describe it. Oh well, yeah. I like, Twitter's full of that. This kind of hysteria,
0: like you know, like it just makes other people depressed. Yeah, does it you know. do you feel like you have to hide people on social media and stuff or or limit yourself? Because, I mean, if you have anxiety, especially, I would feel like that's like yes. makes it worse,
1: especially during the pandemic. You know, I get I get being apocalyptic during uh, normal times, but like uh, once shit does feel apocalyptic, <laughs> you need people to be a little more positive. You know, mm-hmm. you can't have things feel apocalyptic and then everyone on Twitter be like, are we just going to be inside forever? You know, it's just like openly like posting their biggest worries. Cause then it's just like, it's contagious,
0: you know? Yeah, no, for sure. And then do you feel like too, with the, with the tweets, are you scared to tweet stuff sometimes because people are like digging up tweets from like 10 years ago and 15 years ago and and then canceling people. Uh, Yeah. I looked at all my old (laughs) tweets once
1: just to see if like there's some, I should delete in case I ever, you know, become successful. And there were so many offensive tweets. I was like, it would be easier to just never make it.
0: (laughs) No, but why, why do we condemn that? I don't understand that. Like, so like if you're a fat guy and you lose like a hundred pounds and you post like a before picture and an after picture, people go, good job. Congrats. Why can't we do the same for like, you look, you know, you post a bad tweet 10 years ago, but now you're posting good stuff. Couldn't we look at that and go, look, you've made some growth and some transformation. That's a great point. It's just a before after. That's yeah. my before after tweets. <laughs> right. Yeah. What's the it's like emotional it growth was, or whatever. I used to say the word homo, now I'm all woke. It's
1: my yeah. before after tweets. <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Great point. I mean, yeah, people could grow. I mean, can everyone's grows as time goes on and times change. Like, I don't know why we punish people for some of that stuff. It's weird.
1: Well, it's like you're almost mad at time. You're like, How dare time have <laughs> move forward <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah I'm frozen yeah. Yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, it's interesting because then people get offended like people are mad now at something someone tweeted a long time ago but then you're like well people weren't offended when he tweeted it right so clearly this is proof that times have changed so you're just taking the you're just taking the evolved views we have now and pun- and like judging people in the past for them. Like you're forgetting that morality is not, have never been at a fixed place. It, it evolves. And right. it's like, yeah, I guess it's just people refusing to admit the plasticity of things. You know, they just, they want everything to be permanent. They want a p- permanent
0: moral basis and there's nothing
1: permanent, you know?
0: Right. Uh, no. And I think growth is good. I think it's good that we're like the, your first joke. I think the one that, um, Made me a fan was your Me Too joke, which is like it's 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 so funny because it's like it's showing Me Too in a positive way. But what's I, your Me
1: Too? Joke? I have a couple.
0: Oh, which it's the one, one where you talk about the the um before all we did was we'd give women a whistle, and that was oh, our that oh, yeah, was our way to deal good. with it. And oh, it's okay. like, no, this is a very serious thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know it's serious. Let's see what I got in this referee's lo- locker. Yeah. I mean, oh, thank you.
1: I'm I'm excited. You said that one because that's like a fairly new one. Is it? Out. Yeah and it doesn't always work so oh really encouragement well i have the word rape in it so
0: (laughs) (laughs) yeah but uh, you're being like an advocate i thought more so i thought it was a positive people
1: have become so sensitive now that it's not even even if you're an advocate they don't always know i mean it works most of the time okay sometimes you have crowds that are dumb but they also feel like they have to be woke but they can't really think it through so they're like i know you're saying the (sighs) word rape." And I'm not smart enough to understand if you're on my side or you're on the right side. I just know you said the word rape. So it's that like dumb, sensitive crowd, which is the worst, you know. Oh, my God.
0: Being a stand up now has got to be so tough.
1: Well, yeah, but it's it. But, you know, at the same time, um, at the same time, so much of stand up is creating tension and release, releasing it. So much of the real great laughs come from a release of tension and nothing builds tension more than a sensitive crowd. So in a way it's, it's a challenge dealing with like a very sensitive woke crowd. But at the same time, if your heart's in the right place and you're up for the challenge, it's much easier to build that tension, you know? Yeah. Well release it, you know?
0: Yeah. I was surprised because obviously you're pretty liberal, but you did a You did a joke about Cuomo and I was like, Oh, that, cause it seems like that's kind of a new phenomenon where comedians don't make fun of Democrats because it's almost like there's like oh it's like you don't want to like you know promote uh you know the other side, but it's like it used to just be like I mean obviously I'm sure most of Hollywood has always been liberal, but they would make fun of both sides and so like I thought that was pretty ballsy and it was a good joke, and uh, but I mean is, do you feel like scared to do those kind of jokes too because some people might boo, or does everyone hate Cuomo because you're you're in New York I think so you're in it people hate
1: people kind of. People kind of hated Cuomo. After all that, it, it was fairly safe at that point. I mean, he people there was a time where people really liked Cuomo when like Trump was in off an uh, office, and he was just kind of like that. The bar was very
0: low at that point. You well, yeah, at the start of the pandemic. It. I mean, he was like a hero.
1: Yeah, because you just had to, you just had to like pretend you care. <laughs> That was like the bar. <laughs> it was literally just pretending you care. And uh, like Trump couldn't even do that. He was just like, I don't give a shit about people dying. And so he's yeah. like Cuomo's like, he knew how to like make his voice sound so maybe he did care. I mean, I'm yeah. I, I'm being too harsh on him, but whether he cared or not, he definitely objectively looked like he cared. Uh-huh. He'd look like he cared. And that's like that was enough. And that was like a real source of comfort because we had a fucking and, you know, just whatever. But so, but th- now that Trump's left, the bar's back a little, and you're like, all right, there's a lot of people who look good in comparison to him because the bar was so low. But now the bar's back, and you're like, oh, Cu- Cu- Cuomo's also a piece of shit.
0: <laughs> yeah, it's well, all this the women stuff and all that was pretty pretty bad. I mean, he's
1: like fucking resigning women to, like to, like from different places to be closer to him. It's like fucking, you know what I mean? It's just like he's just like fucking with people's lives. So, yeah, no, he uh he's clearly like a douche. So, but at that point there were so many allegations and yeah, I think he lost his, uh, he had a real rise and fall.
0: Yeah. Well, um, your, your album too. the, uh, so I, I found, I heard those couple of, I heard a couple of your clips and then I checked out your full album, uh, downhill ever since. Is that, is that your newest one? You don't have an, uh, any other ones, do you?
1: I'm working on one right now. Oh, you're working I, on I have an older
0: one before that called self helpless. Oh, okay. Yeah. Cause this one had some really good jokes. I love the Hannibal oh Lecter God. joke. Shit. Oh, what? Oh
1: my God. Everything, okay. Fucking Norm MacDonald died. What? Are you fucking kidding me? Oh, my God. He had a nine-year private
0: battle with cancer. What? Oh, Oh, fuck, dude. I love him. He's one of my favorite comedians of all time. I was going to even ask you about Dirty Work, and if you like that movie, because I love that movie.
1: Shit, sorry. Man. Oh, I fucking, shit. Uh, I should not keep my phone on during this.
0: <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Jesus that. Christ. Oh, my God, that fucking sucks. I met him one time at a comedy club here. And I took a selfie with him, and it's all blurry. It's like oh, from gosh. a Blackberry, but he damn.
1: It was so funny.
0: I was hoping I was going to be able to interview him someday, man. He just makes me laugh so hard. I'm
1: sorry. I should not keep my phone on. That was shitty of me.
0: Oh, fuck. I'm like the worst guest ever. <laughs> 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 I'm like fucking... <laughs> I I hope that's a fake tweet. I hope that's fake news. Please tell me that's fake news. It's not
1: fake. I don't think so. Fuck.
0: Fuck. How did you, is it a tweet or someone texted you? What
1: happened? I just saw a text. I just glanced at my phone. I was just trying to make sure fucking that girl got back to the lift.
0: I hear you. I hear you. Okay. Jesus. I'm
1: the worst guest. I like, I fucking (laughs) flake on the first episode. I fucking late here. I'm on the phone with that girl. And I tell you like the most beloved comedian ever dies in the middle.
0: Ah. Jesus Christ, I don't know how to process that, dude. Oh, fuck, Norm MacDonald, really? Dude, he's seriously like my number one favorite, commu- I mean, next to the next to you, of course. Uh,
1: the best. Jesus well, I Christ. I'm, I guess I'm the best now, so. Uh, yeah. But
0: yeah <laughs> <laughs> he was so great. Oh, fuck. <sighs> that sucks. I can't believe it was nine. What kind of, did they say what kind of cancer it was? Jesus, well, let
1: me check. A
0: nine-year battle. Nine years. Oh, my God. And how did he keep that private? That's insane. I wonder if people knew, like if if, if some celebrities he knew. He was determined
1: to keep his health struggle private away from family, friends, and fans. Oh, my God. He never wanted the diagnosis to affect the way the audience or any loved one saw him. Norm was a pure comic. He once wrote that a joke should catch someone by surprise. It should <sighs> never pander. He certainly never pandered, Normally, would he be with, missed entirely.
0: Jesus. Oh, shit. He How was old was he?
1: 61.
0: Oh, my God. That's way too young.
1: Yeah. Fuck.
0: That's terrible. Did you? I love his joke. Uh, I think, would he tell on Letterman, the one where he talks about uh, being afraid of, of Germany and World War? Have you heard that one?
1: Yeah. Yeah. That was his last Letterman.
0: Oh, my God. That was so brilliant. That was his
1: last letterman. Yeah. yeah. Fuck. He pulled a Black Panther. Uh, he didn't tell, you know, he was yeah. about it.
0: Did he did he have any work coming out? Do you think he had like a, a comedy album or anything? I don't know. <sighs> Damn, man. That's
1: terrible. This is like when I was watching Boyhood and my friend texted me that, uh,
0: that uh, Robin Williams died. I was like, you texted me in the middle of a movie. <laughs> oh, and that movie's already sad enough. You don't yeah. need more. Do you like that movie? That's, that's one of my favorites, too.
1: I love it. It's great. Yeah, it's a great movie.
0: I saw that one wow. in the theater. So you're saying, like, you don't think that you could see independent movies? You guys got to have independent movie theaters in New York, right? Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay. It's just not as many. Obviously, not as many as the big blockbusters.
1: No, no. Look, we've already moved on from Norm. Life just keeps on going.
0: I guess. I don't know what to, I mean, <laughs> we could, I mean, Jesus, I, I don't know. It's crazy. Like I've never had this come up where there's giant news in the middle of a, I mean, it's crazy that I'm talking to you while it's happening. That's like, you're a I comedian. Know. Did you ever get any interactions with Norm? I never did. And I always loved him. I loved his
1: podcast so much and I loved his fucking standup. I just loved it he was one of the best he had the best joke about trump that he was the kind of guy who had a better joke than anyone on the subject during the trump oh, after trump got elected he said um he said people hated hillary so much they voted for someone they hated even more
0: <laughs> that is a great joke bro. yeah i remember that one that was he's yeah, so he was funny so in great. in interviews too like i feel like he cuz he had his show It was like it was kind of like a terrible show, but it made it fun. Like the one on Netflix, did you ever? I think it was called this, like Norm McDonald has a show. The
1: podcast was amazing. It's based on his podcast, which was incredible. It was just the one of the best podcasts. It was just. I don't know if I've even
0: heard his podcast. Listen to his
1: podcast. What's it called? called, I think it's just called Norm. What's this Netflix special called? It's like I think Norm
0: Macdonald has a show as, as a Netflix. I think one. it's the same
1: thing, as the Norm Macdonald show. It was such an amazing podcast. Oh. he would just like fuck around. And yeah, he had Adam, get on it, and it was. But it, on Netflix, it wasn't as great. Okay, it was so great. It was like the best podcast. Oh. He had Bob Einstein. Bob Einstein was his first. Um, was his first uh, guest? You know, Bob Einstein. You know the um, the actor who died too, the one from
0: Curb. Um, oh, Super Dave
1: super dave yeah
0: yeah oh yeah that's another one man they're dropping like flies is it just i think it's because there's so much entertainment now there's so many movies and tv there's so many famous people it's just like there's always going to be
1: well it's also everyone dies
0: oh yeah there's that too (laughs)
1: like like death has to come and kill everyone so you know it's like literally like it's kind of like this it's like We all have to die, so like it's gonna. Frankly, I've always thought I'm surprised I'm not knowing about more people dying every day. It feels like for death to get everyone seems like he's gonna really have to speed this up. He seems like he's really behind.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, it depends on how deep down the rabbit hole you go. I mean, yeah, there are people that, especially in the film and TV, there's always like some, you know, like a lighting guy or something that you know worked in the business for 40 years and.
1: Yeah, but no, Norm was the best. He was a fucking he had his first i don't know i think it might have been his first album norm me doing stand-up but it's like one of the best albums ever mm. one of the best albums ever uh just incredible he was he was so good and, and such a deep smart guy you know and I, i've heard a great guy i'm actually really depressed i never got to meet him
0: yeah god that that's crazy because he didn't he didn't do a lot of stand-up, though, it seemed like. He didn't tour that you know, often. He did.
1: He toured a lot, yeah. Did he? No,
0: he did a lot of stand-up. Yeah, he did stand-up, yeah. He was He was at
1: heart a stand-up, and he was great. Yeah. He was one of the best, like one of the top five best stand-ups.
0: I, I loved him especially, though, just as a, as a talk show guest, like when you go on Howard Stern or like Co- Conan, especially when he would he go on just, Conan. He,
1: yeah, he was just so funny all the time, and he had that kind of voice that like, he could say things that were funny even if they weren't like they were funny just with the way he said yes it, it would just be like a fact right but he would say it in a way that was so simple he would yeah. break things down his voice would like be so would make the thoughts so like reductive and so funny just yeah no he was he kind of had the he kind of had everything yeah
0: uh that's a bummer uh, I don't know how to move on from this, but <laughs> well, anyways,
1: just, let's just make it a tribute to him.
0: Seriously. That's, that's crazy. Well, what other, what other comedians are you a, f- a big fan of? I mean, I love Louie. I
1: love, uh, Stuart Lee. Um, what if all, these are all the comedians who die next after I name them all. Jesus
0: Christ. I hope not.
1: I love Stuart Lee, Kathleen Madigan, um, uh, Michelle Wolf i love a lot uh kyle kinane eddie pepitone bill burr i mean there's so many comedians there.
0: yeah you're a big fan of larry david too right oh yeah and For curb sure. i mean if you don't
1: like larry david you're just an anti-semite He's the best <laughs>
0: <person ever laughs> are you uh, a seinfeld fan too then because they're bringing that back to netflix on october 1st i think what yeah what do you mean oh you mean the sh-
1: not this sh- oh you mean like
0: just like for, the reruns or whatever. The, yeah, because yeah, yeah. for like a whole generation, they probably have never... In fact, I think some of the younger generation thinks Seinfeld is like uh, offensive. Do they... Is the show or the stand-up? The show, yeah. Interesting. The show's yeah. actually...
1: I always thought the show was fairly... Uh, Progressive, isn't it? Yeah, for its time. I yeah. mean, I remember there was an episode where they're like being worried about being gay. Yeah. And then they keep on going, not that there's anything yeah. wrong with that. Right. And it's like... That's like pretty much up to, up to par to that. Like when you look at the homophobia of so many like movies and stuff, I'm like, that's pretty progressive just to be like, I'm not, but there's nothing wrong yeah. with that. There's this. nothing so,
0: wrong with that. <laughs> yeah. I guess uh, people thought there's
1: not enough black people. I don't know.
0: That's true. Well, yeah, yeah, that definitely. That's a good point. But it's like also
1: like you might not have wanted to see them try to write black people. I don't know. Like you might not, you know, but yeah uh, yeah no that'll be great i'd love for it to be back on netflix i love watching it um jeez
0: that's a bummer what about other uh new york comedians like uh mark norman sam moral you, you you've done his show right sam's i think that's how i found you i think sam shared something that you had done
1: yeah uh, sam's a good friend of mine um uh yeah sam's great sam's uh sam's one of the best comics uh I mean, and Mark, Sam is amazing. Sam, the Sam helped me more than anyone in my, in my career. Uh, I'm really indebted to him for pretty much anything I've had in my career, so mostly through him. Um, and so he, he means a lot to me and a uh, great writer, always working, working harder than anyone, really inspiring. Um, an amazing writer and Mark's grade and, you know, Joe list is a comic I love. Um, and, uh, yeah, I mean, it's just how people ask my favorite comics. It's so hard because I just like, there's so many amazing comics. You know?
0: Are there any like up and coming comedians in New York? Because I remember like I had Ted Alexander on and he was, he was talking about, he's like, yeah, there's this guy, Tim Dillon, and I had never heard of him. Now, Tim Dillon's like huge. Yeah. I mean, Tim's great.
1: Yeah. Um, yeah. There's a lot of great, you know, uh, me, I'm an up and comer. I'd say. <laughs> <like 37. laughs> Uh Yeah. Uh, caitlin palufo is a great comic uh uh, uh carmen Legala, jeff sheen uh martin urbano is this amazing comic who's um should have been super famous already who and is it mark what's his name martin urbano
0: okay i'll have to check all these out because yeah, you guys know you're in yeah. the scene
1: yeah you kind of see people who yeah tim dylan was definitely like that guy everyone the funniest guy you know Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Cause you, you, you go to the comedy cellar and stuff. Is that where you, is that like your, your home-based comedy place?
1: Yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Okay. And, uh, and yeah, you see
0: so many great comics there. Yeah. Okay. And there's so many comics I love. Yeah. Um, I should probably wrap up. In a yeah. Show. Yeah. I was going to say it's uh it's about that time to wrap up. So, uh, it's been,
1: <laughs> now you want to get off. You're like, fuck. Well, no, no, no. I just, cause you nah, said nah, you had nah. to go. I,
0: I could talk for another hour if you want, but, nah, uh, nah, yeah. you got to get nah. going. So, um, yeah. We'll wrap up. Uh, just, you know, I like to end with a, each episode with a charity. I think I, I don't, you probably forgot, but um, yeah, I don't know. If no, I remember. Oh, oh shit. Yeah. The charity I want to,
1: um, the charity to invest in, uh, I
0: would say <laughs> just to see. promote. Yeah. If there's something that you want to give a quick shout out to, I'll put, cause uh, I'll put they, your link in there. And then if people have a few extra dollars after they buy your album, they can throw a few uh, bucks to something that you, that's near and dear to your heart.
1: Not political, not to be political, but I think the ACLU would be a good one to donate. To, no, that's a pretty, yeah, yeah, I've had that one since the um, certain places it's very hard to get an abortion now because of laws, and the ACLU is uh, gonna you know, uh,
0: well, yeah, because doesn't that uh, law, I mean, whether you're pro or anti, I mean, really, all it's gonna do is is gonna just make people have to drive farther to, to if they really yeah, want one, it's,
1: it's unnecessary and insane, and and uh. And uh, the ACLU, I believe, is trying to help out. Um, so yeah, the ACLU is who I would
0: recommend. Yeah, that's. That, I feel like that's a they're just trying to look out for people's uh, liberties. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, yeah. that's always a good thing. Not to get political, I know. I know. Well, it's such a it's,
0: of- well. Can I just say one thing? I think it's a divisive thing, right? So half the people are pro uh, pro choice, half the people are pro life. But can I just say, like, I think is this a crazy thought? Maybe it's crazy, but I feel like nobody's pro abortion. So could we could we just maybe not make it illegal? Like, I feel like if it's like if you have a plane and you're trying to take the parachute out, well, we don't need to take the parachute out. But could we maybe teach people how to fly better and then maybe teach them? You know, that would be the strategy rather than saying we're going to ban abortion because that you you try to ban anything in this country. It doesn't work. It's
1: like making drugs illegal. Yeah, Yeah, it's it's like it's it's just going to have a bad. Yeah, it's not the right way to go. I mean, look. I will say this about pro-life or pro-choice because I am pro-choice. Sure. But at the end of the day, it's one of those things where there's no, you can't really prove it. It's a philosophical argument, you know? Mm -hmm. Uh, And no one's, there's no way to come for someone to come down and be like a baby is a baby right now. And not right now. Like that's all philosophical. I just think, I just think a woman's right to choose is more important than, uh, but you know, if you're, if you're pro life, I don't think you're a horrible person necessarily. I just disagree with you and I support,
0: but that's <laughs> a mature opinion. Stomach. Like there's yeah. some people that would, would not agree with that. And that's what I try. I try to have people on from both sides and, and hear their yeah, uh, no, I don't opinions. Think people who are pro life are like monsters.
1: I don't, you know, and, uh, certainly not. I, yeah. I, you know, I think it's, you know, I disagree, but I, it's also the kind of thing where it's like,
0: yeah, it's not something where you can really, you I know. always, yeah. I always just wondered like the people that send out at the abortion clinics with the, the big signs and stuff. I'm like, wouldn't that time be better spent like mentoring a young at risk girl. And you might actually prevent a, a, an abortion or, you know, like that would be, I feel like that would of be a course. better use.
1: And it's also like, it's a little like anyone who protests, someone doing something like that it's kind of like well it's okay for you to not get an abortion but you want everyone to live by your exact values you know what i mean and that's there's something a little totalitarian in that
0: yeah know? i don't i don't like that i i, I wish yeah. if people could just kind of stay out of each other's way i guess i'm kind of more like i mean i opened for a comedian who is um people have been angry about in the
1: past and there were some protesters
0: really can uh, you say you can't say who it was
1: I mean, it was like Louie. I opened for him once and uh, there were protesters. And honestly, it felt like going into an abortion clinic because there's all these people outside, like getting mad at people coming into the show. And it's kind of like, I get that you don't want to go to the show. Right. But when you're protesting other people going to see someone who they personally think, even if what they did was bad, they think it's not to such a, they think maybe they've already felt consequences and it's okay for them to move on now mm-hmm. for them to think i have a right to see this person you protesting you are like the people at the abortion clinic you are the even though these are the most liberal feminist whatever you are the same it's the same mentality and it felt mm-hmm. like the same mentality mm-hmm. was people not wanting you to do something just because they don't like it but it's like you have to give people the right to make their own choices you know Mm-hmm. There, there's something there was that seeing those protesters, it was that same fascist kind of feeling that same, like, I don't want any, yeah. you know, I want everyone to bend to my beliefs in an, in an issue that's complicated to say the
0: least. Right. In it's divisive. Clearly. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
1: It's clearly not black and white. No. Yeah. Cause if it's it was, not, we like, would yeah.
0: all be on the same side.
1: Yeah, exactly. Or enough of us. Like, yeah, those both those issues, a baby, whether it's a baby is a person at a certain point, whether women have the right to, that's a complicated issue where you could you could go either way. So when you can go either way, and Louis, Louie, whether, you know, the idea of like he should never do stand-up again, like that's a complicated issue. So it's like when you get to those issues, it's like, I get people have different views, but it's clearly not so black and white that you should have the confidence to protest people choosing the other side.
0: Yeah. Well, it just goes back to what I was saying earlier with the, uh, you know emotional growth. If people can grow past yeah. their mistakes and hopefully become better people and learn from them. Uh, yeah, just I love don't, the if but, yeah.
1: you're against abortions, don't get one.
0: That's yeah. If you're <laughs> against uh, legal drugs, don't use them. Yeah. Don't don't
1: get it. You really shouldn't if you are against it. Mm-hmm.
0: All right. Well, I'll let you get going because I know you got a, a thing you got to do. So.
1: All right. Well, sorry again for the late and the delay and the bringing up that fucking Norm McDonald. that's oh,
0: yeah, so I'm, sad. Uh, I'm, I'm bummed about that, but weird that it just happened to happen when I'm talking to a comedian. Pretty crazy. So, oh, you don't always talk to comedians? <laughs> no, you know, like maybe once a month or so. Okay. I've had a lot of comedians on. I've had Mark Norman. I've had uh, Fahim. I've had, I think I...
1: Oh, great. Pitch that. Yeah. Oh, yeah. do
0: you love him? Yeah, he's one of my five-fold hymns. He's from Seattle, so I used to go see him when he was just Are like him an Omar? old-
1: He's from Seattle? Yeah.
0: I didn't know that. I love him. Yeah, he's he's so great at act-outs,
1: which you don't see as much. Can, yes. I, uh, Can I plug a couple of things? Oh, yes. Sir. Of course. Yeah, of course. Well, just a couple of things. I'm uh, shooting a special this fall, so I'm trying to get more people for my YouTube channel. So follow me on YouTube. It's Ron on Hirschberg. That's my channel. Just type in R A A N A N space H E R S H
0: B E R G. I'll put Hirshberg. it in the notes and people can just click it. Boom.
1: Yeah, awesome. And then follow me on Instagram, Ron on Comedy. Yeah. R A A N A N Comedy. I was gonna and, say yeah. your
0: YouTube should you need more YouTube subscribers. I have more YouTube subscribers than you, and that makes zero sense. You're really upsetting. How many do you have? <laughs> I don't know. I'm in the, I'm trying to get to a thousand. I'm at like six something. You have more than
1: me. I, I haven't used YouTube for years. I do
0: everything oh, on Instagram. Okay. okay yeah. Because your so, your comedy clips, I'm, I'm watching these uh, clips on YouTube and I'm like, dude, this is hysterical. Why does this only have like 300 views? Well, ridiculous. It, though, those things get more
1: views on Instagram. Like yeah. I have. I've, I've focused on Instagram for years. You know what I mean? Okay.
0: Yeah. Um, well, let's get. But, let's... Now,
1: but now that I'm trying to come out with a special, I need to go back to that. So, yeah, follow yeah. me on. And follow my podcast, Joan Ron on talk movies. Yes. I've listened to a few
0: episodes. Good stuff. So awesome. Well, thanks for doing this. I appreciate it. Chuck. Yeah. A lot of fun. All right. I'll talk to you later. Bye bye. Bye -bye. Okay. So, uh, a bit of a strange interview. We had some interruptions. We had a death. We had some uh, divisive political discussion. Uh, we agree on some things. We disagree on others. Uh, but that's okay. I think he was very respectful as, as hopefully I was to him. And uh, I still think he's a hilarious comedian. And I think it was a good discussion. It was just I think I got a little rattled there when I found out Norm died. and I'm not really sure how to handle that. I don't know if I did the right thing. I don't really know what the right thing is that I'm supposed to do. But uh, some laughs, some sad times. Uh, I guess that's kind of life. So kind of like a podcasting game is. You know, everything is, is going to have some highs and lows. And I think the trick is just to weather the storm and power through. And uh, hopefully I'll get through this storm because... It's been an interesting last few weeks, to say the least. And uh, I appreciate you guys sticking with me if you're, if you're still here listening. So thank you for your, your support. I hope you have a great rest of your day. And remember, shoot for the moon.